Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Horror Heads podcast. I am Rich Mallory. I'm here with my co-host, Jerry Lorenko. What up? What up? And this is episode one of a brand new podcast. And look, who knows how this is going to go? Could be a complete shit show. Could be amazing. But we're, we're, we're doing it. We're going we're gonna to fucking drink some bourbon, talk about horror movies, probably talk a lot of shit. Uh, and again, we'll see what happens. Um, some of the episodes, we're going to like pick... A couple of movies to talk about sometimes we're going to focus on a particular genre like we might do something about i don't know french horror films we'll probably have some guests on at some point but tonight we're gonna we're gonna pick a couple movies and just kind of hang out and talk about them you know for those of you who don't know jerry and i used to run a horror website called horror heads probably like i don't know how long ago 15 20 years ago and we did it for a couple of years and it was a lot of fun and then it ended up just getting too big and you know, we ended up having all of these like writers working for us and most of them really sucked <laughs> and were pain in the <laughs> ass. And then like, it just got to be, we got to be work and like we started out doing it as like fun. But um, anyway, we thought we'd kind of bring it back and, and I don't know, start doing some stuff. I mean, that's some good history right there. I mean, I didn't really know we were going to talk about movies. I thought we were just drinking bourbon, but that's oh. cool too. You know, I'm really, uh, I'll talk about a movie any day of the week. So that, that sounds good to me. Yeah. So speaking about bourbon, like, you know, like it wouldn't be, wouldn't be horror heads without some drinking. And we're going to do some of that tonight. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little pissed off at work today and I already had a drink, so I'm getting <laughs> close to being lit. But, uh, but anyway, like, what are you, what are you pouring tonight? I mean, well, I'm not ready yet. Wait, hold on a second here. Oh, here we go. That's where my ice was. Here, uh, all right. What you got there? Bardstown. You're so fast. It's like a ghost that can't see the bottle. Bardstown. Oh, shit. 96 proof on a work day. What is today? Today is Tuesday, the Tuesday. day before Valentine's <laughs> Day. So perfect time to get lit. I am starting off with a little Angel's Envy, something I haven't had in a very long time. 86.6 proof. We'll see how it goes. I'm about to drop this shot in. Shot and a half, actually. Cheers. Cheers. What are you tasting? What? Uh, give me give me the review. Give me the 10-second review on that. Man, 10-second ten, ten review is that this is going to be uh, very caramelly with a little chocolate topper there and then a heavy burn right at the end uh, a lot of alcohol in this one but i'd say by the third sip you have just like a nice mellow good sipping bourbon how about you so i haven't had angels in forever and like years ago i did like a blind taste test with i don't know i think i had like 16 different bourbons and this is the one i picked mm. as the the winner of that and i don't know it's interesting it, it's more I guess rye forward than I thought. And that's what that's what I'm getting personally. Really? Mm. It's it's definitely, definitely delicious. But yeah, I was expecting it's a little sharper than like I thought it would be. I thought it would be a lot smoother for something that's a little more high end. But maybe I need to maybe I need to keep drinking and get more into it. This is the point in the podcast where we tell people we drink a lot of bourbon or or is that just assumed? No. I'm, I'm not quite I'm not quite sure that. We saved that for that, episode 20 that, when we get yeah, that. Far. We, we we have two two interests and they would be horror movies and drinking bourbon. So I'm actually sitting in my bourbon room right now. I got a pretty sick display. You guys can't see it, but it's probably about 20 bourbons on tap behind me. Twenty. Damn. 20. Damn, I'm, I'm sitting on about three different ones. I'm <laughs> a lighter weight to you. I drink them, then buy a new one. 
Yeah, I, I hold on. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You're a collector. I, yeah, yeah, I have an issue. Yeah, I have an issue finishing bottles. I don't know, but that could be for another episode. <laughs> it'd be funny when we have like guests on and like, you know, they're they're going to have their choice. You have to, you got to drink with us. Otherwise you're not coming on. We even talked uh, about like when we were trying to set up this podcast, like doing some kind of drinking game, which I, mm. I think we do at some point, I think we need to figure out what that ends up being. But like there will be at some point, there will be a hard heads drinking game. Yeah, that that definitely sounds interesting. And I think if any guests do not want to drink bourbon with us, then they have to do a shot. Okay. Like a sh- there's one shot to start it off or one shot started off there. They got to get, you know, something just, just get on the level and join us. Yeah. No, there's gotta be some kind of, some kind of altered state of consciousness. Yeah. Of, yeah. of, I don't of their choice. Drink alone. It, <laughs> it could be vodka, tequila, anything they like, but they, yeah. they have to do something. Yeah, I, th- I think you and I though we're gonna stick with the bourbon because that's just that's where we're that's where we're from. That's what we do, right? I mean, I may just stop, you know, talking about movies and just start talking about bourbon again halfway through this. So. I know it's funny. People like probably clicked onto this for the first time and they're like, "Okay, horror heads, cool." And like literally, mm. we just spent ten minutes talking about about whiskey. But like googling, is there bourbon called horror? I don't get it. <laughs> you know what? Deal with it. It's our show. Fuck it. I don't care. So anyway, so like before we kind of get into, there's like a couple of things I want to talk about later. Like I want to talk about um, this movie Night Swim that we both watched. Mm. I want to talk about Thanksgiving and some Eli Roth films and stuff like that. But like, what have you like, have you seen anything recently? Like what have you been watching? Definitely. So uh, I have Shudder. I watch a lot of Shudder films. I find myself kind of getting really into their original content. So uh, recently I'd actually watched uh, The Apology again for probably the third time. So essentially whenever it's like raining out whenever there's some snow on the ground so i mean the the apology is like a super super slow burn where i mean you really don't know what's going on until about three quarters you know through the film and really what what grabs me about this movie is one the acting is phenomenal it's an older cast really an unknown cast um but really it's the atmosphere of the film. Uh, it just starts off on a dark and stormy night, which is always my favorite, but there's this massive, massive snowstorm and it's like a thunder and lightning snowstorm, which is like so rare in movies. And it really kind of sets the tone for like what's going on. Essentially the quick, the quick high level plot of this film would be, um, a few days before the holidays, uh, a woman is going through some struggles. Um, you could tell that she probably quit drinking recently, so she probably won't be listening to this particular <laughs> podcast. But she's uh, thinking about having uh, a drink and kind of throwing out her sobriety when there's a knock at the door. And it's um, a person she hasn't seen in a while. It's uh, like her sister's ex-husband. And uh, basically he comes in and he wants to just kind of like have a chat with her. He said he wants to surprise him for the holidays. But really what we come to realize is that um, this woman's daughter has been missing for like the last 10 years and they never found her and they don't really know what happened to this woman. And every single year she, uh, you know, tries to get on the news, tries to kind of like you know, get some momentum behind people still searching for her daughter, but they haven't had any luck. Um, I don't know how far I should go. I don't know if I should do any spoilers, but basically it's just these two people in this house and uh, he's going there to apologize for something. And uh, 
it really gets to a pretty sick boiling point when you realize what the apology is about. So that's that's a quick uh, overview of that. Should I go any further or no? You think I should just? I mean, does she ever uh... have the drink? That's really what I want to know. No, no. She she uses she uses a bottle of vodka as a weapon later on. <laughs> so I mean, at least she uses it, I guess. I would, yeah, I mean, I, hopefully she survives and and finally has that drink to celebrate. But she she actually said this, and I quote that it's an expensive bottle of vodka. So that that really so I'm really disappointed that no one actually was gets the goose. What was she drinking? <laughs> couldn't see. Couldn't see. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, yeah no, for everybody out there, like just as a warning, like we're gonna spoil some shit. Like we're we're gonna try not to spoil things, but it's gonna happen. Happen. so like you know deal with it like, like yeah I, maybe, especially once i start drinking i just start talking and, and who knows yeah maybe we'll just put in the description whatever we spoil that way people kind of know like what they're getting into so i didn't spoil the apology but yeah so i checked that out and i rewatched knock knock recently which is that eli roth film since you and i've been talking about eli roth and i want to Rewatch some of his other stuff. Uh, we could talk about that later. Um, it's an interesting film. I'm sure a lot of people have opinions on it. I yeah, do. I, I, de I definitely do. And that's kind of what sparked uh, the, whoa, there's my cat, by the way. Just literally almost <laughs> wow. back of the neck and murdered me. But that's so aggressive. <laughs> he just dates. I don't know what his problem is. So like I watched a couple of movies recently, um, just trying to like get back in a horror. I've been like working on various things. So I haven't watched. I watched, so I watched two movies like, older movies I just happened to find on Tubi that I just never, never caught for, for some reason. So the first one I was like, I watched this movie, The Tall Man. And mm. to be completely honest, I was looking for something. I wanted to watch something on Slender Man. For whatever reason, I had Slender Man in my head and I wanted to find a Slender Man <laughs> yeah. movie. And I know there is one, but I, I couldn't find it and I wasn't going to like pay to rent it. But so anyway, I found this movie, The Tall Man, which I can't believe I never saw before because Martyrs is like my all-time favorite horror film. Yeah. Hands down. I love that film. Seen it a hundred times. Like I just love that film. It's just amazing film. And this was the director's like follow-up to that film. So like I was expecting like what? Yeah, exactly. That. His, what? His follow-up is like first, I guess, American movie. And man, I was so disappointed in this movie. First of all, it's like, oh. forget like anything to do with martyrs. Like it's not even like I don't even know if it was really a horror movie. It was more of like a mystery kind of thriller, which wasn't what I expected. But part of the movie is like there's this really shitty like town of just trailer parks and stuff like that. And all these kids keep disappearing. And there's this like legend that the tall man is like taking these children away. And they cast Jessica Biel in the lead and she couldn't have been like more boring in this movie. And I personally don't really I personally don't find her attractive. I get why people do, but I know she's supposed to be beautiful. And I mean, I don't think she wore makeup the entire movie. So she's totally like dressed down, like not even really acting. I'm, I'm, it was a weird casting. But like as the movie gets to like the half hour or 40 minute point, like it completely takes a huge turn and a twist, which I wasn't expecting, which would have been fine. But like the movie just drags on and on. And like you're just waiting for something to happen for it to all make sense. And it finally does make sense in the last minute of the movie. But literally, like you're just sitting there, like, all right, let's let's get to this point. And yeah, it wasn't wasn't what I expected. I thought it would be this like supernatural movie. And then I was like, okay, maybe it's just a serial killer movie. And then it wasn't any of those things. And I, I don't know, I didn't enjoy it. And especially like, I mean, there was really like, I don't remember any blood or real violence in the movie. It's a dark fucking movie. Like it's it's heavy, but wasn't what I expected. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I did like his follow-up. He did another movie, Incident in a Ghost Land, which I which I liked. That was oh, a yeah, yeah. movie. 
but this one was not good. And at least in my opinion, maybe people like it, but it felt like a lifetime kind of mystery thriller. I don't know. I didn't get it. Uh, and then I watched this other movie that I, that I liked uh, called the odds. And I saw, I think I saw it on Tubi and it's really low budget, like ridiculously low budget, um, kind of like a psychological horror movie. And it basically is like, there's a man and a woman in this room and the woman needs to play this game. And apparently there are all these other rooms that have men and I'm assuming men and women, maybe it's men and men or women, who knows, but like there's all these other rooms of people playing the same game and it's whoever taps out first. I'm sorry, whoever taps out last is the winner and they have to increasingly do more fucked up things. Like she needs to put her foot in like a box and like have rats gnaw at it. And like she needs to survive that. And then, but she doesn't know if people are tapping out or not. So the guy will just be like, oh, there's four people left. There's three people left. And really the whole movie is like a mind game between this woman and this guy as she like, escalates into doing more and more fucked up shit and again it's really low budget like you don't see really a lot of things are like left to your imagination but i, I kind of liked it for what it was uh, literally two people in a room talking for a whole movie but i liked it i thought it was pretty cool it's different I mean, that sounds pretty good. And you actually watched a movie on Tubi. So that's fantastic <laughs> because like finding a, a really good movie to watch on Tubi is like finding gold. So yeah, yeah, you probably right. spent two hours looking for it, but yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah exactly. I don't even know why I landed <laughs> But you found movie. it. You found it. I think I landed on it because I just was tired of looking for something. I'm like, whatever <laughs> this is, like it's what I'm watching. I think it came out in like 2018. So it's a bit older. Uh, Tall Man was like 2012. So even more older, but you know what? You never know. But I, I like the odds. I thought it was. I thought it was different. Again, going into it thinking that like it's going to be kind of just two people in a room, and that's it. So, would you rather watch something that you never saw before but didn't like it, or watch something you know you like for like the hundredth time? What do you get more satisfaction out of? You know, oh, I've I go back to the same things. It's hard. It's hard for me now to pay attention to something new, especially just like. The way like mine and others' attention spans are going, if something doesn't grab me right away, it's really difficult to stick with it. So I I am usually like, usually I'll try to find something new and I'll spend a good half hour and then I always go back to like watching something I've seen for the thousandth time. Like I'm gonna watch the Friday Thirteenth remake probably like once a month, like and like and still love it every time and and whatever you could hate on that movie all you want. I love that movie. We'll probably do a whole episode of that movie at some point. But yeah, it's tough to like try new stuff now, especially because there's so much, there's so much like just hard. It's it's difficult to give things a chance. What about you? I totally agree. I mean, especially like newer films, 2022, 2023, 2024. It's like they just, they don't grab you like the older horror films. Like you're 10 minutes in on a film and you're like, man, I love this. This is the best thing I've ever watched in my life. But it's like 10 minutes in on a newer movie. You don't even know what it's about yet. You're just like, what are we waiting for? It's like, don't save everything for the end. You know, you're really counting on people to kind of hold on. Me, uh, I definitely, I find that comfort in just kind of like repeating and watching like the same thing over and over again. And I get caught up in these phases where, you know, I'll watch the same film like two, three nights in a row and just feel like enjoy it the first time and the last time exactly the same. So yeah, if I like it, that's it. It's, 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 uh, it's for a lifetime. I, I love it. You know, I never get bored. So I'll, I'll keep watching the same thing over and over again. But if I do find that one kind of like film, that's like, it's really checks a lot of boxes. I give it another chance. I'll watch it again. Hopefully that becomes a part of the queue, you know? 
Yeah, I do the same thing. And usually, like, unless I really hate something, like, I will usually give something a second watch at a later date. Like, if I'm just like, you know, that was all right. Just because, again, there are, you go into a thing with expectations. And then once those are kind of eliminated, you can kind of, like, see it almost through different eyes. So I appreciate that. I think for me, like, re-watching something is always preferred because I, it's just hard to stay mentally focused on something now. I'm always thinking, I'm on my phone, like, after, like when I watched Night Swim, I, it was hard to, I had to put my phone in the other room. I, I told like, you, I told you to do that. You got sit on my phone and miss half yeah. the movie. And even, no. even this movie, which wasn't like a complicated movie, there, there were like things that I was like confused about, confused by. And then I was like, oh, I totally missed this thing. They said five minutes into the movie because I wasn't paying attention. So anyway, getting, let's, let's talk about it then. Let's talk about Night Swim. Yeah. Uh, again, I had very low expectations for this movie. It's PG-13 horror. I know by the time this podcast airs, it won't necessarily be new, but it's recent enough. Let's talk about it. Uh, so this movie is billed as a movie about a haunted swimming pool, which, okay. I, wait, wait, what is it about? <laughs> haunted swimming pool, uh, which I, again, I've never seen a movie about a haunted pool. Never seen. It's, it's very I, interesting. So I give them, I give them credit. I could, I could picture the pitch meeting, right? Like, like they're thinking of what probably had like a dartboard and was like all these different <laughs> ideas that have never been done. And they're like, all right, I guess we're doing a, a haunted pool movie. Um, so, so, so Night Swim is about this family that moves into a house like every other horror movie. And the man is a former baseball player who, and I, I must have missed this in the beginning, like, I guess suffered some kind of neurological disorder and now he can't play ball or, or do much of anything. So they move into this house that they can't afford, but it has a pool and they love the pool. And then of course, like some weird supernatural stuff happens in the movie. So right up the bat with this movie, I was super confused because there's this opening scene with a different family that's kind of creepy. This little girl like is getting some kind of object out of the pool for her sick brother. I'm choking something. Yeah, want to drink some bourbon? Yeah, <laughs> helps every time. And then I wasn't even sure what happened. Like there was, I guess, a, a ghost or something, and then she just <laughs> disappeared. And I was completely confused. But I was like, you know what, like. I'm going to stick with this is going to make sense at some point. Um, I don't know. How did you, how'd you feel about this movie? Like we'll go into some of the details, but like, what were your thoughts? Yeah. So, I mean, overall I got through it. I watched it. thought the acting was excellent. Carrie Condone, who was the, the mother in the film. I think she really carried the, the movie on her back. Yeah. I thought, uh, she was her. I thought yeah. the dad was one of the most boring characters. Like there was just nothing there. Even when he got like crazy, I was still like, this guy, I can't even watch this guy. He's so boring. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty bad. The kids were pretty good. So I mean, at so I was okay with the acting and what I really pay attention to now because it could drive me insane if I'm not feeling it is the dialogue in 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 these newer films. So this is a fairly new film. And honestly, it could have some issues with like I like that text talk kind of uh, Gen Y where people are cutting each other off, uh, you know, Gen Z, the mixture, you know, it's like everyone's kind of just talking over each other. That drives me insane. So as soon as I saw some young actors, I was I was concerned. I'm like, here we go, because it seemed kind of like it was going to be based around these teenage uh, aged kids, but it, it really wasn't <laughs> so. Uh, but overall, I did like the acting as far as like the plot and the scares. Uh, I mean, it just it didn't do it for me at all. And I do want to talk about that first opening scene that you're talking about, like with with the pool there. 
I just don't know like what they did. I don't know if it was like the timing of the scene, the acting of the scene, the music of the scene. I don't know what it was, but I think that first scare that was supposed to be a jump scare, it just it just fell apart. Like it, like you just you you already you could telegraph what was going to happen five minutes before it even happened. And I'm sorry, that's that's not scary. Like I felt like they kept like panning the camera over to like an empty area just to get you to start looking there. And you're like, yeah, let me guess. There's gonna be a ghost there in a second. And of course there was. So when it happened for me, it really fell flat. And I just kind of feel like that set up the whole movie. It just made it a little predictable for me, honestly. It's weird. It was predictable, but it also like went in directions that again, weren't making a ton of sense to me. And it's funny, like you said, the dialogue, and I wrote down a line that made me crack up and it wasn't even supposed to be funny. <laughs> Let me hear it. <laughs> At some point, I think the dad gets like, I'm assuming he gets possessed or something like that. And like, they're talking about like getting rid of the pool and he goes, the pool is the greatest thing to ever happen to me. It's like, what are you talking about? You're insane. Uh, it was just funny. Like some of it was just super comical. And then there was like another scene Oh, um, like in the end, he's like chasing his daughter around. And we're yeah, going to spoil yeah. this movie. He's chasing his daughter around and like starts like saying Marco Polo. And it's like, wait, is this supposed to be a comedy now? Like, because the whole movie like wasn't funny at all. So it, it made no sense to me. It was weird. So like the movie, like, okay, so I, you know, I was kind of into it for a minute. Like, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to give this movie. It's not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but like, I'm. I'm intrigued until there was a certain point where the movie completely lost me. And it's the scene where the girl is playing Marco Polo with like her mm -hmm. love interest. And all of a sudden you see this like ghost monster that just looks so silly to me. It was like this bloated guy with like eyes. It's like a job of the hut kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, what the fuck is this? And they show him again later. And I, I get what they were trying to do, but it completely took me out of the movie. I was just like, this is just silly at this point like it, it it completely like took any scares out and then the movie just took a complete turn where just all these things started happening it didn't make any sense like so like it wasn't even the pool it's the groundwater from like a well and like the pool uses well water like is that even possible like can you i don't know about pools and no pool guy but like can you even not do that as a lining <laughs> it'd have to have yeah, a big like, hole how do you, in like, it have a drain that goes to a well that's but then it's like you think like, OK, all right, the pool's haunted, but then so is there like shower and the toilet and dish so any form of water. Yeah, it's like washing your hands. There could possibly be like some sort of like ghost that appears and uh, to, to spoil the movie. I'm sorry to cut you off, but to spoil the movie, I'm going to spoil the ending. And in the end, like and you no can, one's watching it to the end anyway. You, so. can predict, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can predict this is going to happen. Right. But like they fill in the pool and decide to stay in the house after all this bad shit happens. And it's like, first of all. Why would you stay in this house where bad shit happens? But second of all, like just filling in the pool doesn't change shit. It's the fucking water. Like, what was the point of that? Other than like, they just were like, well, we're going to end this movie now. I, I mean, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of uh, background on, on this movie. So it was actually uh, Bryce McGuire who uh, directed it. It was actually his first feature film. So I don't know if we're being a little hard on him. He's done shorts up until now. So th that kind of makes a lot of sense where we're both kind of agreeing that about halfway through this movie, it just falls to pieces and it looks like he's like, oh shit, I need an ending. I got this cool, cool idea. It's brilliant. It's haunted. 
people go nuts about it, but how do I make it make sense? And then he's like, I know, you know, and he just tries to like piece together some nonsensical like plot to, to kind of, I, I don't, it, it doesn't really make sense. It went back a hundred years. It's like five different families and everyone experienced the same thing. It was, it was strange. I don't think it was a good connection and it just wasn't really, it wasn't scary to me, but maybe this film is not for like huge our fans, you know, I think maybe like some neutral person might like it. I think someone who just goes to the theater to maybe see a movie, maybe this would scare them. Maybe, you know, just those, those jump scares that we may be a little bit immune to. Maybe it works. I mean, but it was it's a contrived ending, <laughs> predictable jump scares. Yeah. I mean, it's probably for, again, for teens that are going to watch it once and never watch again. And maybe they have a good time at the, at the movies, like with their friends. But yeah, I, and, and I think it would have made a good, like six minute short. His short was probably great. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's always interesting to me, like when you see like a director, like get a huge budget for like their first movie. And it's like, like, I don't know. And I'm sure there was a lot of tinkering from like the studio because this was, um, the J.J. Abrams company and Blumhouse. And I'm sure they were all like having their way. So I don't really give the director any fault. I think this movie was doomed from the start. But like a couple of things that like jumped out at me, they were just like ridiculous, like talking about the plot. Like, okay, so like the realtor doesn't mention that this house, like a girl drowned in the pool and all this bad shit happened. But then like they're at a party and it just happens to mention that like the party. Like, why would you bring that up? Like they're having a party. Like you're going to bring up this like terrible thing that happened. Like what the hell? I think she was getting a little lit on some white Chardonnay and, um, you know, and people start Gavin. And I think, I think that's why she kind of like let it slip out. That's, that's kind of like what I felt, but it's like, also, would you go to that party? I don't know if I would, oh. you know, it's like, man, I'm not going to that haunted pool party, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like I it's sold like, you this house. I'm never going in it. Like I know yeah, the shit that went down. Like why would I, yeah. if you wanted that shard today, it was probably free. And then maybe they had like a good cheese plate or something. I don't know. You know, it was also funny. Like, so the two, a couple of things I thought were like funny was one, the dad is like videotaping himself lifting weights, which I'm like, yeah. which was ridiculous. Like who does that? Like with this like shirtless kid, like watching him do this, like, and he wasn't like doing like exercises and he's always like bench pressing. It's like, yeah, you're like an old man. And he's also using this like old ass camera, which comes up again later. Like, why would he not use his phone? It's just like, who even has that kind of camera? So it, the timeline was very, very skewed. So this is my guess, and I, and I could be completely wrong here. I think it was 2008. Okay, and then I didn't actually miss that. I was so really yeah. So I think I think it was, and because the only reason I think that is because I I just have a note here just about the coloring of the film, and I just felt it had a bit of a nostalgic feel, and just the way that people acted, dressed, it didn't feel like today. So it felt like it might have been a little bit in the past, but not like that far. So I don't, I don't know. The timeline was super, super confusing the way they jumped around, but. Yeah, that makes, that makes more sense to me. I think that initial kill was 99, I think. And this was just a few years after that. Okay. That makes sense. Now I think so. what, what really didn't make sense to me about this movie is they're at the pool, they're at the pool party and the dad is chicken fighting with like another kid on his shoulders that's creepy who would fucking do that like would you ever like here give me this other kid my son is over there but i'm gonna like put this other kid on my first of all chicken fighting in general is kind of like that a was, little weird 
Um, that was cringe from the start. Yeah, and I, I, I was so uncomfortable by that. No, no matter when it took place, I don't think that's acceptable. It was yeah, even in two thousand eight, we were doing. Yeah, it, it was know? too weird. That, there was that beefy guy that was there too, like that the the, the big bald guy. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It was just it was just uncomfortable to watch like these guys kind of like wrestling it was i i, I don't know i don't like it was just an uncomfortable feeling i, yeah, I think i might yeah. have left the room maybe i made some popcorn or something i was like when is this gonna end this this weird cringy scene of these guys like like i, I don't know was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't like i didn't like it that was, that was his own son i didn't me. really want to watch it but like the fact that it was like someone else's kid and then like some bad shit happens and like, you know, they call the police and it's like, like, I don't know. That was just odd. Like, why would you even let, how would that, I don't even know how it happens, but like it did. In this yeah. I, I mean, there was a lot of girls at the party. Maybe they should have focused on that instead. I don't know. <laughs> that would have been a, a better angle to, you know, check out than, than what they went with. I tell you what, though, as much as I didn't like this movie, there was like one, Oh shit moment that I rewinded where I was like, that was cool. Mm. And there's a scene towards the end where the daughter, I forget what happens, but she's running through the house and she falls on like a piece of glass with her hand. Oh, and I was like, ooh, man, that was that was fucked up. And I was like, I gotta see that again because that was kind of cool. That that was that was brutal. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's the highlight though, a slip and fall, I mean, that's rough. <laughs> that was it. That was the only really <laughs> about this movie. That was that that's that's real rough. So <laughs> I mean, it was it was a it was a slip, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So like I don't know. What would you, if like we used to do like a bloody knife scale where we would do zero to five bloody knives and we would rate a movie? What would you give this one? Okay, so I'm trying not to be too hard on it because I'm trying to look through it at, at a different lens. It's a modern film, some good acting. There are things I liked. Um the thing is I'm never gonna watch it again. So because of that, I gotta give it a two. Yeah, I was leaving the same thing. Like I was at first, I was like generous, like two point five, but like the it, the movie just was too ridiculous, and there was just it was made no sense. It was got really boring. The effects weren't that great, and the movie looked beautiful for the most part. It was yeah. until you got yeah. to like some of this weird ghost CGI black goop stuff that they did. So yeah, I give it a two. It wasn't the worst movie. I wasn't like pissed off that I watched it, um, but I would I'm definitely never gonna watch again. I wouldn't recommend it. All right, cool. Well, that was that was Night Swim. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's going to watch it after after that review. But if you do, whatever. So when we were trying to figure out what to talk about for for this first episode, like I wanted to talk about like Eli Roth. And the reason why I wanted to do that was I had this like perception in my head that like I didn't like his films other than Cabin Fever. I was and and like I just had this thing. And then we were talking, you and I. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? I actually like that film, too. And and you know what? Like, at first I was like, I hated Knock Knock. But then I was like, you know, I actually really didn't hate Knock Knock. Like, I, I think it falls apart in the last 30 minutes. But the movie's not bad. And so I wanted to kind of, like, take a look at some of his films. And Thanksgiving came out recently. And I had really low expectations for this just because I, I went in thinking, like, oh, another Eli Roth movie. But... I, I liked it for what it was. I mean, it wasn't like amazing, but I thought it was like a fun slasher. Like it definitely had like a, a point of view and a sense of humor. And, and I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I thoroughly enjoyed it. New slasher film, slick, fast, bloody. It's 
commodity these days. I loved it. Yeah, I thought what I really liked about the movie was I thought I thought there were a few things. I thought one, it, like the the like, and we always talk about this too, like how I hate when humor is thrown into movies. Like I was saying how yeah. <laughs> in like Night Swim, like trying to throw in Marco Polo when the guy's trying to kill his daughter, like this didn't make sense. But in a movie like this, the humor like really worked and it and it helped and it wasn't it was like tongue in cheek versus like trying too hard to be funny. And I mean, look, this movie was basically like it was a joke trailer that was in front of uh, the Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez grindhouse double feature. I think it was in the beginning. I forget. But it was if anyone hasn't seen the trailer, trailer is great. It has like a very 70s, 80s like feel. So the fact that they actually made a movie about this and did something completely different than that trailer was like this is modern. This isn't 70s or 80s or even really exploitation. This is its own thing, which. I thought it was interesting. I would have loved to have seen like a straight gritty eighties grindhouse movie, but I get like, you know, they got to make money. Right. And like, who would probably go see that? So, but I, I was surprised. I thought it was really good. Totally. And uh, again, it has nothing to do with the, the trail that he made, but he did in fact make the movie. And uh, really, I mean, if we just want to like dive into it, I mean, the plot basically is black Friday, you know, a, event that goes wrong and it just follows like life after that and i know we were just talking about you know night swim where it's like a new interesting concept that really never been done before i don't think anyone has really ever made a film about this topic before it's it's really focused on like thanksgiving and black friday which is strange you know you, you don't really equate that to horror but i think eli roth really captured it I, I thought it was great yeah and even that opening scene and at first like it took me a minute i'm like, where, I'm like where is this movie going because that yeah happens like 10 minutes in and you're and you're just like that scene was over the top awesome <laughs> really great and and but funny and violent at the same time but it's not far off from like how people yeah, are like, i mean i had some walmart I, all the time especially on black friday and I, I don't think the stores are open anymore on, on thanksgiving because of that 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 opening act that rivals ghost ship. Oh, that. Oh, oh I know the scene. <laughs> I, I, I know People that. talk. I, I'm in all like, you know, those those horror chat rooms and things like that. People always talking about the best opening act of a horror film. And that one is always it hands down. I think I think there's there's something new out there that that rivals it, because honestly, that just spirals out of control and it's gory and bloody and it goes a little bit further than even want it to you're like oh don't show me that and it does it's like watch this this is going to be disgusting and i mean some of those kills are gross and gory but again very realistic it could happen it could happen tomorrow all for a fucking waffle iron right <laughs> <laughs> which is i really need cool. one and and there were only three deaths i think in that scene but like you said those three deaths were getting oh. brutal like that woman getting her scalp ripped off by Gosh. the heart i was like oh that was gnarly man and like so like they did a great job but it, 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 it's funny too because it's super over-the-top violent but it also was i mean kind of funny like i mean it was ridiculous but it was uh, really well done and what was cool about this movie that i liked there's this opening scene that's brutal and crazy and then an hour into the movie when they had the parade scene that's also like over the top and crazy and and like even maybe even more violent than than this opening scene like usually you throw all your you know 
I'm gonna throw all my shit at, at, like right in the beginning, but like they saved some stuff for for towards the end, which I thought was a nice surprise. So I'll de I'll definitely uh, talk about that. So uh, I don't know if you have you seen Death Wish before, uh, the Eli Roth version. Yeah. Yes. So I have, and that was what we were talking about. I honestly do not remember that. Okay. Movie. I remember so, not like, and I tried to find it for to watch so we could have the conversation, but I I couldn't find it anywhere, so I I didn't get to rehash it. So. For me, Eli Roth was doing something really interesting in that film, and it definitely translates into Thanksgiving. And it's it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like I'm going to call it like a chain reaction kill, which is not something that you see too much in horror films, where um, you know it's usually just pretty obvious what's going to happen. But basically it's like one event happens, another event happens. And then from that, someone gets killed. And it's so ridiculous because you're like, this can never happen. But he does it quite a few times in uh, Death Wish. And he really kind of brought it home in that scene that you're talking about during that parade where like, you know, someone trips over something, something falls all of a sudden, like a pole goes flying through and impales somebody. I mean, how is that possible? It is possible, I guess, you know, but the way he puts it together, it's, it's believable. And I thought he did a really, really good job at doing that in this film because it does add a little humor and it does make you go, oh, shit, like quite a few times. And I actually haven't felt that in, in quite some time watching a movie because you're like, ah, there's nothing really happening. And they're like, oh, shit, I can't believe guy got impaled by a pole. I, I don't have that happen, you know? Yeah, speaking of the chain reaction, it was almost like a final destination. Yeah, yeah. But like, and it, it was interesting too. And I, again, I rewatched this movie twice. I need to rewatch it again. I don't think, I feel like the pull through the head death wasn't even like a part of what the killer was doing. That was just something that just happened because like the chaos, like he killed this one dude, then something else happened. And then all of a sudden, like, all you know, everything went to shit and like people were just dying all over the place. And and I thought that was really awesome and, and fun in, in a way that again, it shouldn't be fun, but it, it was. Well, we are watching a horror film. So <laughs> what look, we find and fun. again, like, yeah, you know, I think he did a really good job with that. I think what I also like to, while the kills, some of them were really cartoonish, if not all of them, I liked how they were more than just one thing happening. Like that woman, the very, I think it was the first kill, he like wets the woman's face and then sticks her to like a freezer yeah. door and then she has to Ooh. peel her face off and then like he's chasing and then like it was all like multiple things happening that like you think the first part's brutal and then it gets even more brutal, like something even worse happens and it's like, oh, you thought you got away, but... No, you did. I mean, doesn't she end up getting sliced in half by a dumpster? She does. She, she does. Which again was ridiculous. Never, never saw that happen no, before. I never saw that. It's like, oh my god, a dumpster is a weapon. Um, very unique. And I definitely want to talk about the killer, John Carver. Uh, I mean, to me, it's a brand new killer, pretty original. Looked different, acted different than most killers you see, like in 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 a slasher film. Definitely had a little bit of that scream vibe to it, but you really, you know, a little, little more interesting, I think. Uh, he dressed up, he looked cool. I mean, I don't know. I, I I liked him a lot. It was creepy. And and the first time I watched, I missed where they explained who John Carver was. So like, I wasn't paying attention. I think I was drinking or no, I was no, I was not drinking. No, I didn't. Yeah, I was drinking. And uh, I so I missed, like, I didn't get it. And then this time I watched it again. It was like, okay, he's the founder of the town. That makes sense. They're all like, 
celebrating so it's like who anyone could have this mask which i thought was like an interesting way especially when it was you didn't know who the killer was and there were lots of red herrings as to who the killer would be and i was definitely surprised i'm not going to say like we'll spoil shit but i don't need to say who the killer was here but i was i wasn't expecting that person to be the killer so i was i thought that was interesting the other thing i i really liked was the corn on the cob in the ears like oh the my. sounds like were just oh, <laughs> like I, I, and that was another thing i never seen before and, and thought that was really cool i also liked so in the trailer the original trailer like they is there is the trampoline scene which i'm glad oh, they yeah, brought that yeah, back yeah. however like i think you know and that was brutal the trampoline scene in the movie is brutal in the in the trailer yeah, like though the like first of all she gets topless in the trailer yeah just, second of all she gets that knife through her pussy which is like oh. the, it's fucking graphic as fuck I, I get why they didn't do that here and and but they still they didn't do that but i think it was still brutal enough that like i felt it i was like that's painful like what happened on her so i thought that was cool that they kind of included that because i remember when i saw that trailer i went to the double feature to see that to see grindhouse and i sat for four or five hours to watch that and that i saw that and i was like oh my god this is brutal like the trampoline scene so i was glad they kind of did like a, a throwback to that yeah it was i mean little nonsensical because she is the one that ends up in the refrigerator later on i mean what do you think that is three days later two days later those horrific wounds that she received from uh you know on the trampoline and now she's just chilling in a plastic bag uh marinating (laughs) you know uh for a few days uh a little little unrealistic but i mean i guess I guess you gotta, you know, suspend belief a little bit to to get into it. But yeah, I thought I mean, they the could. I thought that, yeah, right? <laughs> I, I thought he could have put it together just a, a like maybe not show so much what happened to her on on the on the trampoline, so you could be like, all right, you know, maybe maybe she wasn't hurt that bad or something like that. But there's absolutely zero chance anyone lived for five seconds after that trampoline. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah. But again, this movie is like super over the top. Again, it's it's social commentary. It's satire. For me, though, and all these kills, which were brutal, like my favorite was the um, the circular saw one. Mm. Because it was interesting, too, because I remember starting the movie and I remember thinking that for whatever reason, some of the blood just seems CGI to me. Like, I don't know if it's the coloring of it, like early on in the movie. But then as the movie goes on, like they're definitely using real blood. There's blood spraying everywhere so i was like was it just me like did i just see something different or maybe that was like some cgi but like they definitely ratchet up the blood towards the end of the movie but the most brutal kill was that woman getting burned alive like in the oven that was just gnarly to me like oh, I, I had a hard time with that, that yeah um, that never oof, serving that up for dinner that's that's brutal <laughs> yeah the whole movie was fucked up and sick and like I, I i think it did really well so i hope they do more i think the only i think the only real thing I was kind of like, okay, about was in the very end, like the cops chasing, or I'm sorry, the guys chasing the woman with the ax mm-hmm. and like he had a gun, like he could have used the gun, but like, you know, I, I do have a lot of problems with the ending. Um, I guess we're spoiling it. I mean, we gave away all the good kills and stuff Oops. like that, <laughs> but like, seriously, um, why did that turkey explode? Oh, I think she turned on like a what? gas or he- something. Helium, and she shot it with her necklace. Yeah. How, I, how how is that even possible? It would have made a hole. 
but there was nothing to cause an explosion. I mean, I I did watch it twice just to to make sure I was I was capturing uh, you know, the scene correctly. I just I just didn't see why that happened. So that was that was a little silly, I think. But did they explain why she has the bracelet with the knife on it? Because I didn't, I missed that. I was like, where did that come from? Like, did they show that early on? I wasn't um, thinking that. Yeah, I think so. Um, was it uh, the gift from her mother? I believe. Oh, maybe, maybe I just because that I first think, ten minutes, yeah, I was kind of yeah. Thinking. I think I think that's that's what it was from. Again, they could just let her use the gun, and I would have believed that uh that could have caused an explosion but um a, a silver necklace i don't i don't, I don't know man <laughs> you know yeah, i mean, I mean it, it inflated nice it's helium you know it's i, I don't <laughs> it was yeah i mean but again i can't complain too much about no this no 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 even like the teens in the movie like you know again the writing is kind of like eli roth's writing so it's like he has this frat boy like mentality throughout his movies so that's very kind of that's how his characters kind of talk i i will give him credit um again he did not go the direction that he could very 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 young cast mostly unknowns you know yeah. it was, and it's it was not good. a safe movie it's not something that like again it's not scream like mm-hmm. you know where there, there's a very specific audience for for this movie this movie he made a movie for horror fans and i think Going back through like Eli Roth's catalog, and you could say whatever you want about like his movies are good, bad, you don't like him, you don't like him. He's a horror fan. And it's very clear, just kind of pivoting. Like, let's talk about like Cabin Fever, which was his first film. Yeah. Which I think was 2002. 2002. And I, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, I think you and I went on a double date to see this movie, if I remember right. <laughs> we did. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did. What a great double date. Right? Yeah, yeah, I just take it on ladies to see yeah, Cabin yeah, Fever. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how that worked out for you, but I didn't get a, Not well. second, I didn't get a second date after that. <laughs> yeah, it so, didn't work out for me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't know what it was called back in 2002, but today it'd be called ghosting. And that's exactly what happened when you take someone to cabin fever for a first date. It just didn't yeah. work out. I'm not with that person anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out. But I remember when we saw that movie, I don't think we had like hot, like expectations. We were just like, you know who see. Eli Roth was. He, who, who yeah. Was and, you know? and man, that movie, like it, we were like really shocked and blown away by how different and good it was because up until then i i'm not a huge fan of 90s horror in general i feel like and there are good movies obviously that i like in the 90s but a lot of it was just very like contrived and not a lot going on and this was like a brand new voice which is why i think the film did really well it was at the time i I researched this it was like lionsgate's like most profitable movie which is why like really launched his career and it's a very different movie and I watched it again recently and it does hold up. Like there are definitely some problematic things about it where you're like, Ooh, that's really cringy. Uh, and I'll get to those in a minute. Yeah. But, like, the movie holds <laughs> up. It's interesting. And like, even though I've seen it before, like you don't know where it's going. And I, I really like that. And it's, it was something that we just hadn't seen before and really haven't seen since like a movie like that, that was kind of all over the place and getting back to him as a horror film, a horror fan there's a lot of just nods to other horror movies like he uses songs from last house on the left there's like the ass shot from texas chainsaw the girl going up the hills you could tell this guy liked horror movies and wanted to kind of show all of his influences which i i really respect and you know i i I love when you see people like throw back to things that like you remember and are like oh that's cool like he likes that too uh and and i and i really really dug that and respected that 
yeah definitely for someone who was oops shit who's unknown at the time had a few drinks guys uh banging into shit uh for someone who was unknown at the time just to see him give like those nods to, like where his inspiration came from totally something that we could relate to and that we really respected as, as watching you know a brand new director i do want to give some information about this movie i do have a fun fact so Ooh. it turns out that eli roth got the idea when he took a trip to iceland and got a pretty severe skin infection so that's really what inspired uh, him to write this film, which I had no idea because in 2002, I probably didn't Google it. It was still fairly, <laughs> a, you know, a new kind of thing. And he always didn't Google everything when you, when you didn't know it. So either read it on the back of the DVD if, and, and that's a disc people who, who may not know like what that is, but that's it's a disc you'd put in a machine. And, and that's where you got most of your information from about, about the film. But I, I thought that was really interesting uh, to kind of turn that into something. And really, I mean, this film, I mean, I love to talk about like genres. I mean, that's really where uh, my interest in horror movies come from. I love just analyzing genres and, and where they fall like on, on, on the scale and, and where they fit. I mean, this is kind of like a precursor to like a pandemic horror, which in 2002, we, I don't even know if we knew, I mean, I'm sure people knew what the word pandemic means, but it's not something that was used in, you know, society and was not like common knowledge. So I, I thought it was a bit of a precursor to that and almost like a visionary, you know, to, the way he envisioned uh, a pandemic happening is is kind of, uh, it was pretty close. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because when I rewatched it, like what I found was really interesting. And like, I think at the time, like he was probably thinking about movies like The Thing and stuff like that. But it's really interesting how the people really turn on each other once they're exposed to this, whatever it was, this disease, which is exactly what happened with COVID, where we all like if you were unvaxxed or vaxxed or blah, blah, blah. And everybody was so scared and 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 isolated from each other. And like that's exactly what happened. Exactly. Here. And what would happen? You throw five people who are like kind of friends, like I, you know, they're friends, but like you clearly like a weird group of people. And you throw this thing at them and and that's what's going to happen they're going to break down and hate each other and fight each other and and it was very realistic and exactly what happened in our time so yeah the movie's very relevant now um and what one thing that makes me like really like appreciate i guess eli roth as a as a filmmaker and again i have definitely mixed feelings about a lot of his other films but especially with this one is i don't know have you seen the remake that they did of cabin fever <sighs> I think i did but yeah i watched them back to back and literally the remake is like the exact script shot through a different director and i read what happened and basically some director went up to eli roth and was like i want to remake your your script and do it my way and he's like sure whatever i want to see what happens and if you put the movie side by side and like it has the same jokes the same like dialogue pretty much everything's the same except for like some minor changes and there's a huge difference between the two. Like the jokes do not land in the remake. You the characters you hate even more in the remake just because like they're just boring and just I don't know. It doesn't have a style. It's it looks like a more expensive cabin fever, but it doesn't have like any style or substance. And it's like it's interesting when you give two people the same script. Like what happens? One makes this like art artistic, different kind of genre changing movie, and the other one is just like. Why am I even watching this? It's so boring. I mean, so it's it interesting every time, right? I mean, we talk about you know martyrs early things like that. You know, it's like somehow there's always something 
something off about it where they try to make it better. Is it ever? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and we'll probably do like a, a episode on remakes because there are some that I do like more. Like I'm a, I think the Evil Dead remake is a million times better than the original. I know people are going to hate on that. I feel that's like, a revision, but like, uh, I, I guess it's how yeah. you how you yeah. define it. Right? Like it's you know, I guess it's a completely different movie. I guess, but yeah, this Cabin Fever is legit a remake. It's the same movie just done through different eyes and and it's definitely different but like and one thing that they did change in the remake which i'm glad they did like it's talking about like the problematic things like the the one thing that really sticks out on me is like basically Ryder strong sexually assaults the jordan lad character yeah and the way it's done like it's inter- it's interesting because she's supposed to and i don't know like the intent of eli roth when doing this scene because like there is something that comes up later on where Maybe he's not a great guy and they're trying to show that. But like, it almost seems like that scene is somewhat like glorified. It's really uncomfortable. And he doesn't seem like he's the bad guy, even though he's basically like assaulting this woman and who he supposedly is in love with. And I'm just not sure how to feel about that. And I would love to like hear like Eli Roth's perspective on that. Again, it was also made at a different time where you yeah know, i i think going back, like, yeah going back to 2002 like, i mean you feel like eli roth needed to like have this character shoot a shot and fail and end up disgusting and gory and i i think i think he envisioned it that way and probably completely didn't even consider uh it being viewed another way but yeah definitely when you look at it in 2024 it's like wow like you know this, this guy should maybe be in jail if he makes yeah. it out alive here because yeah and like, you're sympathizing you're like oh the poor like, guy that like he's looking yeah. for this like girl who's not interested yeah. and then it's like oh this guy's a, a rapist like, yeah you know, I, so, don't know. I, mean, I mean there was a lot of things like language and yeah other, there's a lot of anti-gay stuff yeah, which comes there, up in a lot too yeah there's, there's um, a lot of things in that movie that probably wouldn't sit well with um today's audience definitely problematic but uh, I try not to view it that way. I definitely pretended I was in 2002 on that date. <laughs> yeah, because I don't, you know, again, I can't say how I felt at the time. I don't remember. And I've drank a lot since then. But yeah, it's it's tough to watch some stuff like that today. But again, the I think the main thing I really like about the movie is that you just, you really don't know where it's going. Like there's a lot of shocks and surprises and just weird random shit that you're just like, Okay, like a new character just comes in and you're like, the movie's completely different now. I mean, I want I want to talk about a character. I mean, th- th- there's this there's this character here that should have got a lot more play in that movie, and that's Deputy Winston. Yes, the hero. He's also was a bit best. rapey, too. He's also like a bit problematic. <laughs> he, he, he is, but I mean, he was I mean, like he just showed up and like the whole movie just like changed like vibes, and you're like, man, this guy is great. I want to hang out with this guy. He was like, like he his own movie he did i mean i thought he was hysterical just wanted to party uh i mean he was funny um i don't know if you remember any quotes in there but when the guy shows up he says why don't you have yourself a big 40 ounce and i was like i remember that i was like i will i'm like i relate (laughs) i relate to this guy man like where's he been like my whole life like is he coming over is he hanging out is he drink bourbon what does he do i thought he was hysterical he's the party man and then and, uh, I was reading, that, uh, doing research on this, and originally Eli Roth was going to play that role. And I'm so, and but this guy auditioned and was so good. And, and thank God, because this guy made the movie. And like, 
Eli Roth is in the movie in a different role and it's it's cringy like and, and I his part is would have been cringy if anybody played that part because it's just like a douchey kind of guy but he's Eli Roth so bad it amazes me like when Eli Roth gets cast in things even now like he was in the idol uh recently and just like watching him on screen he's creepy he's not a good actor yeah he's, he's, he's a creepy guy his 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 acting technique is being creepy it's just, yeah, it's just weird he does that well yeah, it's <laughs> being cringy but it's... i'm i'm glad that he played the role that he played which was very quick in the movie and not like winston not, not winston because honestly everything that this character did whether it's intentional or not had some sort of comedy added to it and Again, was was it a comedy? I don't think it was, but it just came off that way. It was a good break in in the the tone of the film that had, was very heavy at times. And to see this character come in, he's like, you're like, all right, there's a cop here. All right, he's a deputy. He's you know he's law and order. And all of a sudden, he gets on a bicycle and pedals away. <laughs> You know, it was oh like God. like like a two ton of bike, man. It's like they didn't give him a car. Exactly they didn't give him a car. Nothing. Like he's just I like yeah. About that. yeah. Oh he just was, pedals away. That cracked me up for sure. <laughs> you know like, why? Why? It's hysterical, and you can't help but laugh. You know, even though that these these people literally had like the worst night of their lives, and you're like, this is hysterical that the guy checking in on them. Is driving away on a bike so uh, I, th I thought he i thought he was great he should have had more airtime. um very disappointed they they, they should have did something with them some sort of follow-up some sort of sequel something with yeah him. he needed his own his own his own film for sure or, or should have been brought back in other in other eli roth movies like um and but yeah I, I think again it's it's what we were saying earlier it's or i was saying earlier it's tough to like mix humor and horror and i think he did a great job with Thanksgiving, a great job at Cabin Fever. I think Hostel also does like a really good job mm. of throwing in some humor where things are just so over the top that like you uncomfortably laugh at some things. Uh, you know, and and I'm a, you know, that movie, I'm a, I'm a fan of that movie also. Uh, I'm, gl I'm, gl like, I'm glad okay. you said that. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to hit you with something that you don't know anything about right now. Oh, and uh, I'm going to catch you off guard and it, I'm going to do a lightning challenge. I had three drinks to do it. Yeah, I'm going I'm to do a lightning challenge with you. And what it is, is I'm going to name an Eli Roth movie and you have to instantly say thumbs up or thumbs down without really, you know, thinking about it too much. Are you ready? Can I give reasoning or? You could give reasoning at the end. Okay. okay. <laughs> How's that sound? I love it. All right. Cabin Fever. Thumbs up. Hostel. Thumbs up. Hostel 2. Thumbs up. Green Inferno. Thumbs down. Knock, knock. Thumbs down. Death Wish. Don't remember it, but the one time I did watch it, thumbs down. Wow. Thanksgiving. Thumbs up. All right. Those are pretty pretty interesting there. Yeah. yeah uh, I'll give the reason behind those. So like Green Inferno, I was I don't like that kind of movie in general. It's just not my thing. I appreciate what he was trying to do. That movie killed it for me because again, it starts off really good and it completely to me falls apart towards the end. There's a lot of really bad CGI in it that just like really mm. took me out of it. The movie's like horrific. And it's a it's a like, cannibal holocaust kind of free. Yeah reimagining i would say but not as good yeah but, and i get look i give him credit like for for making a movie like that I'm, I'm assuming he was a fan of those those movies and i'm not personally a lot of no. like, animals i don't want to see 
but like i didn't really care for that movie and i've watched i I saw it in the theater i remember and then i rewatched it yeah yeah i mean i mean yeah there's like cgi ants that just killed me there's a few things about that i didn't like knock knock i think starts off great i think the first like 45 minutes is really dark and stormy night it's starting the right way for me so like you just didn't know what to do like it just the last 40 minutes are just so boring to me it just kind of like it just kind of dragged on and on where i was like okay this needs to just wrap up i mean Um, i just felt like in knock knock like i could relate to keanu reeves you got this oh yeah really really good looking guy middle-aged sitting in his home on a rainy night couple women knock on his door want to come in i mean listen to some records i mean that's me i feel like so i feel like they they kind of loosely made that <laughs> for my life but I, I don't know i don't know eli roth personally but maybe i think the difference though between <laughs> me and keanu reeves character in that movie is i would have been like fucking much earlier than <laughs> yeah not, not 45 minutes into like yeah not 45 minutes into the movie man it's like yeah he needed a lot of persuading yeah. i probably would have been like i love my wife but like, you know, <laughs> listen let me text what are we her. gonna do let me text <laughs> her right now let her know what's going on she'd be like why are you talking to me get in there you know exactly i would have like called my lawyer and like <laughs> papers drafted and then be like i gotta go do a thing so like that's the only difference I, but like yeah i get it like he had no cho- like he had no choice as as the man saying that but like getting into knock knock though i hated it i thought it was like really long and boring and really yeah, nothing absolutely. happens and then really the reasoning behind everything it just it didn't click for me it was it was it was thin and as much as i love keanu reeves he's not a great actor and he couldn't really pull off that type of character that was supposed to be like super sensitive and, and you know a great husband and you know yeah he's stiff really he's, he's pretty he's stiff. stiff yeah i think that's what it is he he was a little stiff in that movie so then like when it kind of like culminates like in this big ending it, it, it didn't pan out for me so yeah even the scenes where he's with his wife in the very beginning and like you you clearly get that he's a guy that his, his wife won't fuck him anymore and that's why he's this way but like it didn't even seem like they fit together like at all like there was like a lot of dialogue, like with inside jokes and just shit they were doing, but it just felt like very like, do you even know each other? Like, but I guess that's what happens. Like, I get the fact that they're both really busy and like all over the place and she's an artist and he's an artist. And like, I, so I kind of get it, but it, yeah, it didn't seem like there was any chemistry. So it wasn't even like you were rooting, like you, you kind of like, were like, go ahead, fuck these two girls. Like, so <laughs> what? Like, I mean, you have kids and stuff like that. So obviously you don't want to ruin your family, but it didn't seem like they were all really connecting anyway at least in my opinion but yeah the movie just kind of falls flat like it just kind of it was a cool idea i think and then all of a sudden like once they got to the part where they were doing this like fake game show i just lost okay let's just just do whatever you're gonna do just do it didn't make any sense to me yeah really falls apart at the end and really doesn't make for a a great watch and again it's a it's a film that i probably watch like two or three times because i always think it's gonna like catch my mood but it never does not for me and i gave i gave hostel two the thumbs up and i'll explain why like because it's it's an interesting film and i it's nowhere near as good as hostel one but i do still like it i think knowing what was going to happen it kind of loses like that 
I guess the mystique that the original one had because you're like, what's happening here? Where's this going? And then the second one, you already kind of knew. So uh, a little different. Plus, uh, it's different kind of like vision of it. You know, it's like the the female kind of uh, version of it. So it was it was okay. I I didn't like it. I I have to say, I probably watched Hostel a hundred times in my life. I think I watched Hostel two twice. Yeah, I, I'll watch it if it's like I'm looking for something different to watch. I think what I like about it, and again, I, I don't love the movie, but I like it. And I think what I like about it is like he took his concept for Hostel and did something different with it, right? Because you brought in like more of the world and like it shows kind of like the other side more as to like how like what the killers like had to do and stuff like that. And I thought that was an interesting take on it. I think, again, the movie's not as good, right? It's not as in even though it does get intense, it's just, it's not the same movie, but I do like, cause I think you always think about, and like, you know, I'm a filmmaker and I think of like, what would I do as a sequel to a movie? It's hard to thinking of an idea for a sequel. Cause you want to do something that's true to the original, but you also want to do something different. different. And I think he did something different. That's still true to the original. It's not as good, at least in my opinion, it's not as entertaining, but it's, it's still like, I respect like what he tried to do and and I do like the movie and like when it's on, I'm not pissed off that I'm watching it. It's not something I normally would go to watch, but you know, I do enjoy, I do enjoy the movie. And I think it's also great too getting that female perspective because his, his movies do tend to skew frat boy and <laughs> very, very male male world. And you know, this has a, a strong female character, which is not something you, I know you see a lot of final girls, but this was a little different. And, and I, I like the kind of twist on the final girl. He, that they did here yeah definitely an interesting take uh you know what i think you convinced me and i'm, I'm gonna give it another go I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it one more time you know i know we had nothing to do with the third one i've only seen the third one once i don't remember enjoying it i didn't hate it but i also wasn't like this is a good movie i never watched it again, yeah so I, I, I think at that point like the plot is just like so overdone you're just like yeah i get it. i don't really care what happens to these people <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> whatever yeah, and I think that one took place in Vegas, and it was like part of like this, almost like uh, I for, I forget like the plot of it, but like it was people watching and bidding on various things. It was it was a, definitely a very different movie. Mm. I but there was something about it that it just felt it didn't have again personality, which again like I I go back to I, I was been hating on Eli Roth for a while. But he does have a style and he's his movies do have a personality, whether you like it or not. He definitely has his own point of view. And and it's definitely something different that you don't see in a lot of horror movies that are just this happens and this happens and that happens. He is creating something that's a little different. And I respect anybody who's doing something different. I mean, he's sarcastic and gory. How do you put that into a film? He does. Who knows? But yeah, really clever. Uh, I would say I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Eli Roth. Yeah, and and again, he does not skimp on the gore. Mm -hmm. Like, there's fever is some of it is fucking disgusting. Ugh. Like the scene where she's shaving her Ugh. legs. Is, <laughs> and I was I was reading something about, and I might have this wrong, but I believe she was supposed to use some kind of like prosthetic device, and they didn't have it. A lot of things went got really fucked up on this film, which is what happens on a lot of low budget films. Apparently, one of the actors kept getting his eye injured. So they had to shoot like most of the movie at night where they're supposed to shoot it during the day because he had eye problems and like certain things got like pushed around because of just injuries and stuff like that. And I think she was supposed to use some kind of prosthetic, but like they didn't have it. So they had to like put the makeup like right on her leg and it's very effective. It's gross. Um, but that scene in general, like they did a really good job with it. 
yeah, a lot, a lot. It definitely touches like what I would say that that gross button, that body horror kind of uh, nerve that either works or doesn't work. Uh, if when it works, it's it's gross, and it's like I've seen a million horror movies, seen a million kills, and like when you watch it with like like the kind of like the, the one hand over your eye a little bit, like oh no, stop it, what are you doing, man? I mean that that's a great feeling, especially I mean I just did it last week watching this 2002 film. It got me, you know. I'm like oh that's that's too much. I'm like that's gross. Yeah. Yeah, he, it takes he a lot, it. a lot. Out of all the shit that we've seen to like actually be like, ooh, that's I, that's uncomfortable. And and he definitely does that in Cabin Fever. And I think Hostile too and Thanksgiving, like and it's it's hard to do that. It's hard to like, and especially when it's very like cartoony in a way or like overly gory, like to have it still be effective, I think is is a skill. And one thing too, like he at least in the early movies, and I guess in Thanksgiving a little bit, like doesn't shy away from the TNA, like he uh, goes back uh, to like that. And just a funny, a really interesting, I, I think it's a funny fact that I, I found when I was researching this movie to talk about it. So the actress, not not Jordan Ladd, not the blonde, the other one, she's in the movie. She's in Topless a lot of this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. She had just done a movie, not another teen movie, where she's fully naked, like the whole movie. Her role is basically naked girl. And she didn't want to show her butt in the movie and Eli wanted her to show her butt, I think, in like one of the sex scenes. I think the one with Ryder Strong. And they fought, apparently fought about this, which I get. And the compromise they came up with was she would show one inch of like her butt. So what they did was, and this could be Eli being pervy. This I, I don't know. This is just what I read on IMDb. Who knows how true this is? But apparently they measured with a ruler one inch and then taped the sheet right at that spot. So she would only show one inch of her butt when they shot it. But then she decided there was a scene where she was supposed to have a robe on and she's like, I'll be topless in this scene instead. So it was a whole thing. But I just, I, just picturing and like, I know being on sets, like, and I, I understand this kind of thing, like actually going with a ruler and measuring. Yeah. Like, just to like, like, you could show one inch. It's just a funny compromise. Like, I want to see your whole ass. You're going to see none of it. How about three inches? No, I'll show one inch. I thought that was like a really kind of interesting like fact about the movie. I, I mean, that, that first kind of like sex scene that, uh she was in that's a little kinky i think you know yeah, i mean like her thumb in his ass yeah, or something. i mean like, like <laughs> i'd see before the know, movies and like, i was like okay cool like, i'm in like what a way and they took the way out of the remake i think in the remake he does not get a thumb in the bottom see that see and that and that's the problem <laughs> you know they fuck but i don't think that i don't think it goes right. that far but it was also comedic the way they did it too and and i don't know i i, I appreciate it more than i thought i did um on the rewatch so look i'm a fan yeah i definitely I, i've been swayed i was anti off <laughs> and um, again not a fan of everything but the ones i am a fan of and i think look i think it's tough to have like multiple movies that are good it's a lot of people have one movie it's good and then they completely fall off like the studio system gets them and and he had like the studio system i mean quentin tarantino produced uh fucking hostel um you know there was a lot of you know, he made a huge profit on Cabin Fever, a lot of pressure to like keep doing it. And you get caught up in the system and the fact that he was able to churn out and then come back after years of, I guess, not doing a horror movie, come back and do Thanksgiving and, and it'd be successful. It's I give it credit. Like the horror, the horror community needs stuff like that. Yeah, I'm definitely giving Eli Roth props. And uh, if anyone after tonight decides to continue to keep listening to this 
podcast. Like I'm a fucking hater, you know. <laughs> there, there, there's a ninety. Yeah, I hate everything. Yeah, there's a ninety-eight percent <laughs> chance I'm not gonna like your director. I'm not gonna like your film. I'm gonna have a hundred negative things to say about it. And that was my exact intention for tonight. But after reviewing everything, he holds up. Um, I was completely impressed with Thanksgiving. And I thought maybe I was just excited for like a new slick horror violent film to come out. So I didn't know what was going to happen when I reviewed some of his older stuff, but I, I like him, you know, he, he doesn't get an A plus, but he definitely gets a solid B minus. So uh, I'm a fan and I'll definitely keep following like whatever he does. I'm, I'm in, I'm in for it. So to close out, let's figure out the bloody knives for let's do cabin mm. fever first. So zero to five, zero to five, get a four. I would agree with that. I think when we originally reviewed the movie for Horror Heads years ago, I believe we probably gave it a five. And I think a mm -hmm. lot of that was because, again, it was so new yeah, and right. so fresh. And now watching it, it's it's a little difficult. I, again, I, I don't think it's a five Bloody Knife movie. I do think it's a four. Um, I don't think there's anything that could have made it a five, but like it's, it's definitely a four. So I, I would agree with you there. How about Thanksgiving? Okay, so I got to take the movie for what it is. Um, I and I know I I went on all night tonight about how much I liked it, but it it it's limited. So um, I give it a three, maybe a three and a half. But let me let me add something to it. I will absolutely keep watching this movie just because I gave it a three doesn't mean I think it sucks. Doesn't mean anything about it. It's just not the greatest movie ever made, but it's very entertaining, and I'll keep watching. Yeah, I would say I'm going to give it a three and a half. And I think, again, I'm not a huge fan of slasher movies in general overall. Like they're like it's it's a genre I used to love a lot more than I do now. Just because I think I've seen too many of them. But I do love the creativity in the the kills. I love those two set piece scenes that we talked about, the opening scene and that parade scene. I think to make it like a four star movie, I think it needed more. I think there are a few characters that got away that probably shouldn't have. I think it kind of all comes together too neatly in the end where, again, I was kind of left like a little, like I wanted a little something more, I think. And I think it needed that. There's It's over the top and there's like some great moments in it, but I think it just needed that one more thing for me to be like, this is a four-star movie, for, a four-bloody-night movie versus a three-and-a-half. I'll give it a three-and-a-half though because I was pleasantly surprised and, and I, I liked it a lot more than I would in for a modern slasher to be like that interesting to me is a lot. And, and so I'm going to, I definitely yeah, agree. Now that you're saying that it definitely has me thinking, uh, yeah, it has a little bit of that happy ending horror at, at the end, which I'm not a fan of, you know, if you're going to go through an hour and a half of like this brutality and then just kind of wrap it up and then, neat little bow and make everyone happy when they're walking out of the theater. That's, that's not really me. That's not really what I think horror is. I'm a huge slasher fan. That is one of my top genres. Um, and that's probably why I'm bumping this up a little, little bit more just because I'm excited that there's a new one out there and it's real and it feels like a good uh, movie for horror fans. Uh, they didn't water it down too much, but yeah, thinking about it now, ending is a little bit of a happy ending and uh didn't need to be that way you know and and ended on a on a bad note you know like halloween ended like friday 13th you know it's like man that was fucked up you know that's i want that's what i want to say like when i when i get out you know i want to be like jesus what i just say <laughs> yeah no I, I i agree with you there
All right, cool. All right, well, thanks everybody for hanging with us. Um, hope you're as drunk as we are right now. Uh, I'm going to finish this drink, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Probably watch some movies. Yeah, I'm going to cheers you one more time, and then we'll uh, get out of this uh, this place here. So this was a lot of fun. Uh, hope you all tune in next time, and uh, cheers to you, Rich, and uh, to the next time. All right. See ya.